0: What's up everyone, welcome to the London Music Podcast, I'm Andre Sora, and today I talk to Richard Mark, and Richard is a Yorkshire indie pop artist. He's established himself through collaborations with other artists, writers, and producers, working on music for Mad Marcy, Laurel Alex Hooper, and TikTok star Sophie Freer, (laughs) whose video containing one of his songs amassed to date over 8 million views. But now he has a solo project he wrote and produced and sang on it and it's quite an interesting departure from his usual more backseat position so without further ado i give you richard mark What's up everyone? Welcome to the London Music Podcast. I have a very interesting guest because he has quite a few songs lined up for release. By the time you're listening to this podcast, at least one song will be out. But I'm gonna let Richard tell you more about that. First of all, Richard, thanks a lot for joining today.
1: No worries, thanks for having me
0: on. So before we get to this side of your music, the release side, and I want to talk a bit about that as well as the visuals, because that's one thing that kind of stood out to me when you emailed. Tell listeners a bit about yourself. What led you to this moment? Why do you want to become a singer, songwriter, an artist in general?
1: Well it's a, it's a bit of a, an interesting journey and you know? I guess it's kind of come full circle because I've been playing music since I was a little kid. I was in loads of bands and stuff when I was at school when I was a teenager playing guitar and singing and things like that. And I also did my own sort of like acoustic guitar singer songwriter folky kind of thing. And then I went to university to study songwriting. And while I was there, you know, I decided that I wasn't enjoying performing as an artist and I wasn't enjoying doing, doing the artist project that I was doing. So I just decided that I wanted to write and produce songs with other people because I'd been doing production as well since I was at school and sort of gradually developing that skill when I was at uni when I was sort of like 20 or so. I decided, actually, I don't want to be the artist. I want to do the production. And for the last five or six years, I've just been producing other artists. And then they've been releasing the songs that we've done together. They've been releasing that under their own artist project. And then it came to sort of the the first lockdown last year back in March. I just wrote a whole bunch of new songs because I just had more time to focus on that than I would had in a while. And I, I wrote a bunch of new songs and they didn't fit with any of the projects that I've been working with for other people after a bit i thought actually you know i kind of want to release these myself started doing this new sort of project that's me as an artist again and it's it's a bit strange for me to to be looking at it from an artist's perspective rather than from a producer and a writer's perspective now
0: and about your previous projects were those client work or was that just something you did as a sort of collab with some someone else
1: so it started off just me working with you know some of the friends that I had at uni who were also on my course and doing doing projects the main person that I've been collaborating with over the last few years is called Lauren Alex Hooper last year we finished releasing her debut EP which I I wrote and produced with her and it's called Honest I love that project it's great and you know we're working on more stuff for the future from that I sort of it was mostly on a collaboration basis where I'd you know I'll write with people and then we'll, we'll sort of work together on it and come up with something that we both like and then they'll release it rather than sort of paying clients up front. And I like the collaboration aspect of it. I prefer that working with someone rather than just making something and selling it to someone who wants to pay me a fee for it. You know, I I find the, the collaboration much more interesting.
0: And do you think that sort of mentality was the catalyst for this new project? Or was it just lockdown and you not necessarily being able to interact with other people that much?
1: I just wrote all these songs because I write songs a lot and usually they're attributed to a a specific project when when we start writing them or early on in the writing process. I know who the artist that it's for and I'm writing specifically for that person or with that person. Whereas this, I just wrote songs because I had them in my head and they weren't for anything specific. So there was no sort of expectation, I guess, on the songs and I liked them myself and I was like, I want to release these, but I have no project to release them with. So that's where that artist project came out of.
0: Mm. And on your previous uh, collaborations, did you also sing or was it mainly production and writing?
1: I never really sung on any of the the previous productions other than on demos. There's lots of me playing guitar and piano and, you know, programming synths and drums and
0: things like that, but no vocals up yeah. to this point. And uh, with the other project, and we will get to the current one, were you having kind of all of the the possible hats, were you both a producer and mixing engineer, did you also do mastering for those?
1: I was a writer, songwriter, producer. I, I mixed on some of them and not others depending on on what the project was. I think it's always good to have an external pair of ears as ma- you know particularly on the mastering stage. I think it's really good to have someone who specializes in that area. You know'm I feel like I'm pretty good at mixing. But yeah, you know, I don't really have a clue what to do when it comes to mastering. You know, I can I can set a limiter on on it and make everything loud, but that's about the extent of my mastering knowledge. So I, I feel like it's good to get a, someone who's that that's their specific job to come in and do that, and it just gives the gives the mix that little bit of polish that it needs to to stand out or and compete with all like the fully commercial stuff. I think.
0: And was that the same approach on your upcoming EP? Yes, on
1: my EP, I've done the production. I had, I did a lot of the writing and collaborated on the writing with a lot of my friends in my circle there and got opinions and help on the production as well. Did the mixes myself and then sent it off to someone else for, for doing the mastering,
0: yeah. And who do you usually work with for mastering?
1: Um, there's a couple of people that, that I've used. There's a guy called Luke who works at Oakfield Records. That's his his mastering company, and he mastered Lauren's EP. But the guy who's mastered my my project this time is called Brandon, and his his company
0: is called Steelhouse Mastering. And
1: I recommend them both very highly. They're very very talented mastering engineers.
0: Before we talk about the uh, the actual release, how would you describe yourself as an artist? What's your elevator pitch?
1: It's sort of chill indie pop music quite
0: relaxed
1: you know a lot of it comes back to that folk singer songwriter roots that I had as a teenager when I was doing that initial artist project but it's kind of dressed up it's dressed up in like mainstream pop clothes I guess you've got that that more poppy production that fits behind the singer songwriter skeleton of the song.
0: And how do you see this developing let's assume COVID at some point goes away and people go back to performing live Do you see this as being kind of a band project or is it more at least initially just you and the guitar playing these songs?
1: This is a question that a couple of people have asked me and they all seem quite surprised when I say that I'm not really planning on this becoming a live project. I still love working with and for other people and that's I think still probably going to be a big focus for me. This is just a little thing that I can do on alongside that to release the songs that don't fit with any of the projects that I do. At the moment, I see it being mainly an online thing, you know, with just releasing music and streaming services and things like that, rather than something that I'm actively gigging. But, you know, that might change in the future. And I think if I, if I was going to do it live, I, I would love it to be a, a band project rather than uh, just a solo thing.
0: Tell listeners a bit about this upcoming project. How did you envision it? What's the kind of aesthetic behind it? What's the overarching topic?
1: I've got a a series of five singles coming up over this year, which belong to this project, which I'm calling Mixtape Volume One. A lot of the aesthetic of the project, both visually and sonically, is quite old fashioned, quite vintage. So most of the artwork was shot on an old fashioned film camera using 35 millimeter film rather than digital photos, which is something that I love doing. I love I, I do photography as well and I love shooting on film. Like when people say that listening to vinyl is, has a warmth that listening to a CD or a digital download doesn't have. It's, it's much the same I find with film photos. You know, there's just that quality about them. That you don't really get in a digital photo, and I love that. So, like I said, the artwork is mostly shot on film, and the thing's called a mixtape. So that kind of goes back to when I was a kid, and you'd get a cassette tape and load all your favourite songs onto it, and uh, and listen to that as a compilation rather than listening to a you know one album by someone. And with the sonics of the record, you know, there's lots of vinyl effects and process, film processing, and things like that on the on the tracks so that it sounds like it's more of a, a vintage release rather than a modern one. On the first track, the very first thing that you hear on the first track of the EP of the mixtape is it's a little click sound effect, which is actually the the click of someone pressing play on an old fashioned cassette player. Um, and that's that's the very first thing that happens on the EP.
0: And is that also the last thing that happens on it?
1: It is, yeah. You've got that at the start of the first track and then at the end of the last track, once the music fades out, there's another little click, which is the, the stop button from a cassette tape. So yeah, it kind of bookends the, the mixtape nicely.
0: The way you talk about it sounds like you did put a lot of thought in this being a package in itself, but at the same time you're putting them out as singles. So how is that release schedule fit into this sort of uh, mixtape vibe that you're going for.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm releasing them all as singles over the year. And then once everything's out, they'll be available as a collection as well as as different singles. The release schedule is more because that's the way that the music industry is now. You know, it's more of a necessity. I think, you know, people are wanting constant new material from artists. So when you release a bunch of singles, it gets more attention over a longer period of time than if you just drop a a five track EP all in one go. You know, if you drop drop an EP, then you get to promote it for, you know, maybe a, a month or two. Before it starts to drop off. And whereas if you get five singles, then you can promote each of them for a month or two and you can stretch that out over a year. It sounds very, I guess, clinical and it is a little bit, I guess, with uh, putting that marketing hat on. But I think that's just something that you've got to do. You know, when you're releasing as an independent artist like this, you've got to think about the marketing strategy and how people are going to hear it and things like that. Because otherwise, it's just going to sit there and do nothing. And
0: it. So, yeah. what's your approach to social media given all this?
1: I find social media interesting. It's it's interesting seeing who uses what platform and what they use them for. And people say that, oh, this platform's dying and this one's going to take its place. Obviously TikTok is the the massive thing at the moment where people are saying this is like the newest thing, the best thing. I don't really do TikTok. I don't really know what I would, what I would talk about because you can't post a video longer than a minute. So what I would talk about if I was going to do videos would be talking about production and songwriting and doing demos and things like that. But that would be five minute delve into how I produced a track which obviously doesn't work with TikTok. I think Instagram is a good platform for that sort of communication with fans back and forth because you, you can post the videos, you can post photos and there's that interaction with other people on their posts as well. Facebook seems to have died off a little bit on, in terms of people using it for promotion and communicating with fans as an artist. You know, When was the last time you, you saw a post on Facebook from a, an artist that you're a fan of? I don't really see them anymore whereas Instagram seems to be the main one. I think that certainly a lot of my friends as well are finding that they that's their very successful way of communicating with their fan base. You know, it's good to do that. You can you know, promote all your, your official stuff on your feed and then use the story function for all of that more personal stuff, more personal insights into your life, I think. And that's a really good way of, of managing that.
0: Yeah, I guess it also depends on the demographic of your fans because, for instance, I'm, I'm a huge Steve Vai fan and he doesn't do Instagram live, he does Facebook live. But he's yeah. a 60-year-old dude, and most of his fans are maybe not that age, but the average is probably way over what your demographic is. So uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, he probably knows his, uh, his fans better than, uh, than the algorithms do at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I think sort of the the target audience that you're looking for definitely impacts that massively. Like TikTok seems to be very much teenagers and people in the people 21, 22 you know, and teenagers and younger. So and Facebook seems to be much more the older generation. So I think that's definitely, yeah, definitely something
0: to think about. Tell us about single number one, what it's about, when it's dropping, what's the idea behind it?
1: First single is called Put It In A Postcard. It's a a love song in the broader sense. It's a song about this relationship where I was with someone and we'd been away for a little bit over the summer and then she broke up with me with a text message, which is kind of like the main theme of the chorus there. And I'm saying, you know, there's so many other ways that you could have done this. And one of the examples that I give is... You could have put it in a postcard and written me that postcard and anything more thoughtful than, than a text, which is really clinical and blank and emotionless. It's not so much a song that's where, where I'm sad about the relationship being over. It's, it's much more kind of anger
0: at how it happened. And how does the music support that narrative?
1: It's kind of wistful, I guess, in a way, but also it's quite an upbeat, has, has quite of an upbeat feel in that sort of opening synth riff, which kind of opposes that feeling and kind of makes it a little bit jarring, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting one in that respect. Too.
0: Yeah, and what stood out even before I pressed play on the track itself was the artwork of, the, of this release. So why is your face rubbed off?
1: on the artwork my face is covered by a cloud that ties back to what I was talking about earlier with my my previous artist project and not enjoying being the main focus of the of the project and you know being the one that's on stage all the time and the one that everyone's looking at I felt with this and this is something that's going to be common across the whole project with the artworks you know it creates that sort of kind of sense of anonymity for me where I'm not as much of in focus as a person and I can just kind of focus more on the music rather than on me and of course you know if you look at my socials and other pictures that I've got associated with it that are going to be around around the project you know I'm going to have my face there to see but on the artwork I just felt it was it was something that would create that That anonymity. And also, like you said, it's something that caught your attention. It's something that will create intrigue about the project. And uh, when is this song coming out? The song is coming out on the 1st of March. Although by the time people are hearing this, it will already be out on all the major platforms. The thing that will be coming out after that, which will be probably a few days after this this podcast airs is a remix of the track, which will also be out on all of the major online platforms. I'm really excited about that remix to be released. It's so different to anything that I've done before, and it just opens up the new a new area for me. It's not something that I did myself. Obviously, I, I found someone else who specialises in doing that that area of things. But I'm I'm really excited about the remix coming out because
0: it sounds great. Awesome. So what I tend to do at the end of these is have a quick fire round, and I have three questions lined up. Don't think about it. The first thing that pops up into your head is the answer you need to give. Ready? Ready. What's the one musical thing you're amazing at?
1: Playing useless things on a guitar when
0: I'm supposed to be doing something productive. (laughs) And (laughs) what's the one musical thing you're rubbish at?
1: I can't play the violin. I'm terrible at the violin. I'm gonna go with that one.
0: And final question. Would you rather win a Grammy? or sell out Wembley Stadium? A Grammy. Uh, well, with this one I'm gonna push a bit, uh, why?
1: Well, I don't like performing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that easy.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to win a Grammy as like a, a songwriter or a producer. That would be what I'd be aiming for rather than a Grammy as an artist. So that, that's
0: a very easy question. Okay, so where can people find you? Which platform do you mostly interact with fans on?
1: So, as I've already uh, hinted on, my, my main platform that I use is Instagram, and you can find me at RichardMarkMusic, and that's Mark with a C instead of Mark with a K. I also have a Facebook page, which is the same on, on the same handle, and I'm on Twitter as well at RichieDrinksTea. I drink a lot of tea.
0: Richard, it's been amazing. I'm going to link everything in the description, including both of these releases, the original one that is going to come out before the podcast airs, and hopefully the preview link for the uh, the second one, the remix of this song. It's been great chatting with you, and I look forward to these releases.
1: Great to talk to you too.